Click, click. Start video. There you are. <laughs> good morning. What's up? Hey, very good, my man. How are you, sir? I'm very good. I just finished my uh, workouts on on the water. Felt so good. Uh, today was such a beautiful day. I'm a little nervous, man. It's kind of I've never I've never been interviewed for a podcast, but I'll I'll do my best, my friend. I'll do my best. <laughs> It's a conversation between you and I. So that's it's easy. that's easy. Exactly. Hi, I'm Cyril, your host, and welcome to my podcast that I called I Really Want to Do This. In this podcast, I interview guests from all walks of life and try to understand the various ways that different types of people with different backgrounds and experiences succeed in achieving their goals in their very own ways. Think of the past 10 years in your own life. Have you had a personal goal, an objective, maybe you call it a dream, of doing this one thing? You really want to do that one thing, whatever it may be, but for some reason, you never succeeded in making it actually happen. Well, by showcasing successful achievers and asking them how they did it, I sincerely hope that this podcast will give you some ideas and maybe answers on where to start, how to proceed, in order to actually do that one thing that you really want to do. Hi everyone, this is Cyril, and today I'm so happy. I've been chasing this guy for weeks and weeks, and finally he's on the podcast. Uh, Josh, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm good, Cyril. I'm very good. I'm glad to be here. Sorry, I've been uh, busy with so many different things. I haven't been able to sit down with you, but I've been I've been dying to do it. Been dying to do well, it. Well, good. I'm, I've been dying to having you on podcast because I I really look up to you. Oh. Uh, for for the listeners, so Josh it was my co- coach on on Outrigger Canoe, and I really loved your personality, man. Like how, you know, it was come, do your work, work hard, do your best. And as a team, and, and there's this discipline, you have this natural authority. There's not, not authority. It's like natural leadership where I'm listening to you. I'm like, I want to be like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to be like you. So that's Oh, good. my God. <laughs> So I want everybody to, to listen to your voice and listen to your experience and, and, and your life so far and where you want to go. So let's start with the beginning. Um, so wh- where are you right now? Where do you live? Where were you born? And, and, and tell me about your, uh, all this. Uh, well, I live in San Rafael, California now. I was born in New York. Uh, we moved to Hawaii when I was uh, seven years old. So I, I pretty much consider myself a local boy. I lived there. Mm-hmm. Up until I was 21, I uh, went to high school there, started college there, started paddling canoes there. Uh, my whole upbringing was really Hawaii. I don't even really remember New York. And then uh, in, uh, I guess, 1989, I uh, left Hawaii chasing a girl to San Francisco. Uh-huh. not exactly sure where the girl is now, but, uh, but I'm still, <laughs> in the still in the Bay Area. So uh, why did your parents move to Hawaii in the first place when you were seven? So. A long story I'll keep short. My mom uh, was uh, a volunteer at the World's Fair in New York in the uh, Polynesia 
uh, section of the World's Fair. And she befriended these people from Samoa and Tahiti. And when she was, I guess, in her early, early 20s, she went and lived six months in Tahiti and Samoa, yeah. came back to Hawaii uh, on her way back to New York. And when my parents got married, she she had said that, you know, after that time, she wanted to move to Hawaii, you know, the, the whole Polynesia. Polynesia. Yeah, the islands. Beautiful. The islands and the, the mountains and the water and the clean air. And so... Mm. Uh, they moved there actually before I was born and they, they failed financially, moved back to uh, New York. Then uh, I came along and when I was seven, they said, let's do it again. And, and we picked up and moved to Hawaii. And your dad, he, he went along. Was he also like Island? He loved the islands too. And you know, he was a, just kind of up for anything, you know, real estate guy. He could work in New York. He could work in Hawaii. So he, uh, He just said, yeah, let's do it. And, and, and we picked up the three of us and moved to Hawaii and started a whole new chapter for me, you know, this little kid from New York coming to Hawaii. But uh, yeah. I mean, I embraced it. You know, at, at 12, I started paddling canoes and that's, I haven't looked back. It's been uh, 40, 40 something years now paddling canoes pretty much almost every year since then. So. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Tell me. So you said the three of us, is yeah. that, does it mean you're a single child? I am a, I am an only child. Only How did, tell me about that. Did you like it? Would you, um, you know, it's interesting. It, it didn't, it wasn't the easiest childhood. My parents had some problems with each other. And, yeah. you know, as a, as a, as a kid of that, you kind of try to escape or some people try to escape. I escaped to the beach and, you know, that was kind of how that went. They had their thing going on and I had mine and, I think that's really how my, my love for the water came to be. You know, we lived three blocks from the beach and I could go hide, hide at the water, mm -hmm. sit on the beach, do my homework on the beach, you know, lay on the Hobie cats along Kailua beach and paddle with Windward Kai and Lani Kai canoe club. And, you know, started my, my journey there. And, and, and a lot of great friendships started through paddling, even as a small child. I mean, I still have friends from my, my 13 and under crew, you know, it's, uh, mm. So tell me about your personality when you, you were a kid. And so I'm interested. Well, obviously, you must have been quite independent if you started to go out and your parents give you the freedom to, to stay over there. I mean, I guess in the islands, you could go and, and, yeah, and be with other people. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was extremely independent. My parents, you know, yeah, lo love them now. Didn't really love them then. You know, it was, uh, it was kind of a little bit of a tough upbringing. Uh, they kind of had their own focus for a while and uh i kind of had to make my own way um you know life has changed a lot since then yeah, i was kind of there was the water aspect and then there was i was a little bit of a troublemaker and and uh, had a little bit of a rough upbringing uh you know hawaii for all its beauty and and splendor there's also a uh there can be a, a somewhat violent undercurrent and some cultural and social difficulties between the white kids and the local kids and the military guys and the, yeah. the different factions of, of Polynesian. So, you know, I, 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 I grew up, grew up uh, a little on the rough side, but I think, you know, uh, as, as I, as I matured, I realized that wasn't, that wasn't the way to be, you know, and then mm. through paddling and through the, the Ohana aspect of, of, you know, that team working together and, you know, 
not having to prove yourself individually yeah, yeah. but as a, as a group i think that that caused a lot of growth for me mm. yeah kinder gentler person i think tell me again about i'm going to dig a little bit on your with your parents relationship yeah, sure um did you feel loved I, i was loved i just uh they kind of had their own thing going on and i think some of their problems with each other um made it so they didn't really focus that much on me and and at the time it was fine because i had freedom to do whatever i wanted i kind of probably should have had a little more guidance at the time but mm -hmm. you know it uh, there was definitely love there it was uh i wasn't the top priority and i think my independence helped uh let yeah, them yeah. find their own way because they didn't have to spend a lot of time on me because i was i was out I'm, yeah I'm, were, they, were they young when they got you very very young yes. yeah they were in their early 20s early 20s yeah you know which makes it a little more difficult i think you know to they were still finding their way yes as i was finding and, mine and how how's your relationship with them now excellent excellent yeah. you know, i think it took i think it took some distance and time hmm. for us to come back together you know currently you know now i i work with my dad my dad and i work together you know and uh yeah they they moved to england uh i work with you know 20 minutes before i started talking to you this morning i was on facetime with my dad and we uh we we're commercial landlords together and we work together every day. So, and, and my mom, you know, we're, we're, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I think it took some maturity on all of our parts, yep. you know, to, to come around to that. And uh, I think a, a lot of people kind of have that same type of experience when the mm. young parents and single child and, you know, but you know, everyone's. Oh. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm coming from a five child family. Right. So, you know, my siblings are gold for me and I just can't imagine being a solo, uh, unique child. So, but I, I get it that maybe you're looking for that, those, uh, friendships that, like at the canoe club or wherever you yeah, went I and mean, you kind of need absolutely that. the, the, the canoe club became my brothers. I mean, you know, one of my best friends still to this day, you know, he lives in, in Washington state and, You know, he's still, I still consider him one of my brothers, you know, and it's, you know, and I know all about his family and his siblings and what's going on with his life. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, and even today, you know, my, all of my great relationships come from, or not all of them, but most of them come from the canoe, you yeah. know, come from my brothers on the water, brothers and sisters on the water, you know, I mean, it's that com camaraderie and sharing that, the, the time in the water together and, and, you know, the, the adversity of the water and the, the competition and, you yeah. know, you know, it's one of the sports I've done. I've done several sports. I was very involved in martial arts. I played some football, but there's nothing like, you know, the getting out of the canoe after a, a brutal race and hugging yeah. the, your teammates and, yeah. and hugging the, your competitors and, you know, yeah. drinking yeah. some beers and, and, and just talking about our, our battles on the water, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, tell me more about your personality traits. And I'm interested in the ones that you think you were born with, um, and like your own personality and the one that you've built over time. You know, in I, reaction to your situation in the family, in reaction to whatever, like, you know, how you created your, your own personality traits in some ways. Yeah, that, that nature versus nurture thing has is, is always been really interesting to me. I, I think, I think 
you know, it's a combination, but for me, I was definitely a, uh, a product. I was built by my, my circumstance, you know, because mm. I, I didn't have a lot of guidance. So I, I mean, I kind of had to find my own way and, and, you know, you know, uh, we had talked before about, you know, do, do I have a motto and stuff and, uh, you know, and, and, and words to live by, by myself and, and, you know, coming from a background of, you know, not being, I don't want to go too deep into it, but not being the nicest guy and not having the being, not being the most upstanding guy. I learned through that, that, you know, being nice goes a long way, being mm-hmm. kind and being interested in, and in, in caring for other people yeah. gives so much back to you, you know? And I think that's kind of really who, who I try to be is, I like to be there for people. I, you know, I try not to say bad words or bad things about people and, and just, you know, try to be authentic and kind. And, and, you know, I think that's kind of how I approach my coaching as well. You know, mm. you know, you can be a hard ass in the boat. It doesn't really go very far, but, you know, if you show interest and kindness and, and, and help people discover what's best in them, it just comes back to you a hundred percent. Yes, I love it. 100%, 100%. Is there a moment in in your life that you think uh, there was like a, you can pinpoint a moment when you said, this is who I want to be? Like uh, maybe a maturity, like 18, 19, 20 or through college? Or yeah, like- you know, it's interesting. It's funny you ask that. You know, I, uh, like I said earlier, I was, I was very involved in martial arts and uh, I, uh, a Halloween, I had gone out with one of my instructors It was, you know, we were in Waikiki. I was a pirate. I had my uh, my bandana on my head, and and uh, it was very, very. I was if I wasn't paddling, I was doing martial arts. And uh, we're walking down the street, and some guy swipes the bandana off my head. You know, some drunk guy walking down the street, and I turn around like ready to scrap. Yep. You know, I was like, oh, this is this is it. It's on. Hmm. And my instructor said, well, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" And he said, it's a $2 bandana. Like, you're going to kick that guy's ass. Uh You're going to end up hurting someone and probably spending the night in jail over a a $2 bandana. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of thought about it for a second and we kind of walked on and left the guy alone. And my next class, he cut my instructor comes into class and hands me, you know, this little bandana wrapped up in plastic that he had bought for me for like $2. And I looked at it, I think that was probably one of the, one of the moments where I realized, you know, it, it, you don't have to be a tough guy. Yeah. You know, what, what's it going to, what's it going to cause? What's it going to help? And, you know, I never got in another fight since then. Mm-hmm. You know, I never, you know, and before that, that was kind of the go-to thing, you know, growing yeah. up. Did But, you have a mentor like, like him or somebody that you look up to that you think was influence, influential? Uh, well, Him for sure. Him for sure. Clement mm. Vieira. And then, uh, what, know, what did I, he have? What did he have that he, that you liked? What was the personality that, what was drawing you to him? And well, I mean, I think it was that whole concept of, you know, we are training in this martial art not to fight, but to not fight, mm-hmm. not need to fight, to be, to be strong for ourselves and our friends and our family, but not have to be aggressive about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was, there was always kindness around that group and same with the paddling. And, um, you know, I've had some great coaches in my life as well. I think we all have, and, you know, they've kind of, you know, and he, he was definitely one of them, you know, that, mm. that, that 
aspect of, you know, you can take care of yourself, but using your words and being kind is, is, is much better. I mean, I, I was a bouncer in college at a, at a bar and, and, you know, I spent more time, you know, diffusing fights than, than, than getting in fights and telling people, Hey, let me buy you a beer. You know, you guys don't need to fight over the pool table, you know, have fun, be nice, you know, be kind. Like I said, but Mm. uh, I really like that. I mean, it's, if you see the people that are, uh, have the most aura around mm-hmm. them they have this quiet self-esteem like they don't need to prove anything to anybody absolutely you know they have it and they don't need to be louder than other people and to explain more or to show off it's like they got it you know yeah i think that that day on the street in in waikiki with my instructor kind of was a was a turning point where i realized i don't have anything to prove i don't need to go to jail or hurt somebody walk away be the bigger person you know and uh, and be kind be kind but uh, yeah so now in your family you've got several kids and three kids so what kind of dad are you uh i am the dad that my parents weren't and that's another goes back to that born versus built you know i i uh you know my uh i've paddled canoes my entire life my parents have been to one canoe race yeah you know with my kids i'm at every game every single game i mean unless they're both playing at the same time or three of them are playing at the same time but you know i'm very very involved very involved uh you know i I worked at a hospital for a long time and i actually left my work at the hospital to work at home so that i could be more present with my kids Mm. Um, i think it was i think what i was lacking i didn't want my kids to lack so i Mm. i I made it a, a point and it's been a wonderful, a wonderful experience to kind of see them grow and see them mature and become these, these adults and young adults that, that they've grown into. It's uh, it's an amazing, amazing experience. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Good for you. They'll appreciate it. You know what? I was lucky in my, in my childhood to have parents like this, that were, they're my roots. Yeah. And then they're like, you feel so safe as a kid until like 10, 15 years old that you could basically do anything. And, and part of me moving to the U.S., like that was growing my wings. You right. could do it like they were. I felt so solid. I could always fall back to my parents. Always. Right. Like right. that gives you that, that certainty in your mind that anything is possible, you know? Yeah. And that's what I wanted to. Uh, that's what I wanted to instill in my kids. Uh, you know, lear- learning from my parents' mistakes. And, you know, we, my parents and I speak about this at, at times and, and they realize that they, they kind of, you know, yeah. I wouldn't say screwed up. They just didn't know what to do. Yes. You know, they were so young and they just, they, they didn't know how to be parents, you know, so. Well, uh, good for you to see, to see that uh, some, some of weakness in their personality as not as a, a, a defect that they, you know, they were, uh, the wrong kind of parents, but as you know, that's life. Sometimes sure. you, you're, you're handed cards that you can't deal with, and everybody has their own struggle. Mm. Absolutely, it wasn't you, purposeful on their point. Uh, you know, yes, that's, it was. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't neglect or or abuse. It was just the inability to know what to do. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't, I don't blame them. I don't fault them. I you know. So it, was it from their parents on their own that they didn't have that. Uh, either you know but sometimes it's passed on generation and good for you to break the circle the the, the cycle very much so my my, my yes. 
mom was a child of divorce and there was some abuse in her life. And my, my dad was not a child of divorce, but, you know, they were very, you know, the dad went to work, my grandfather went to work, you know, left in the morning, came home at dark, you know, that with his newspaper, you know, wasn't very involved. And uh, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think I have broken that cycle, especially as yes. the only child, you know, going yeah. from my, my parents' perspective, uh, going forward, I think my kids will be much more involved parents. Mm. And I think they know how to be involved parents because my wife and I have been so supportive and so part of their lives. And, you know, I've, you know, I've even coached some of the sports that I don't know anything about just to be, you know, the, the assistant coach so that I could be there on the field, with yeah. them, you know, hang out and, well, good for you. Um, yet to break because usually, what happens is, uh, I've seen that in a, in a few few friends of mine that when they didn't have that support of of the parenthood or the childhood, either you reproduce what you had, and or you say I'm not going to do this, and then it actually being in a hardship like this, it actually creates an amazing human being that is. You know, so good. So good for you. Tell me a motto. Do you have any motto you go by or? I mean, I think, I think for me, just being kind, you know, being kind, there's, there's, there's so much negativity in the world and, you know, with politics and just so much badness that, you know, Mm -hmm. kind words go a long way and there's, there's no reason to be unkind. So you know, I mean, I think we talked about, you know, my coaching style. <clears throat> I don't want to yell at anyone. I don't want anyone to be mad or un- un- unhappy. You know, look at the positives. And, and I, I try to be as, as positive in my, in my deeds and words as I can. And I think that's, that's yeah. you know, you, you had mentioned that to me before, you know, what, you know, what, what do you kind of, what's your motto or what do you, what do you, you know, words to live by. And I, I, I thought about it for a while and I think that's kind of, who I am and what I try to be, you know, is just be kind. There's no need to be unkind. I mean, I think some people have, have gotten in the habit of it. And uh, I think that's something that we as, as a people need to break and more kindness and more goodness in the world is what we all need, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I love it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a cat in the throat. We say that in French. <laughs> uh no, but something else before we move to the second part, I want to st- tell you is that I think you're already also very, um, emo- uh, your EQ, emotional um, uh, intelligence mm. is really good because I think you're, you, you can understand who of the students or of the paddlers you need to push and who, mm. you, you know, you say, hey, I think you could give me a little bit more. Like, you know, you, you have this, there's like 15 guys and you're going to talk differently to each person. And, and um, thank you for that. Uh, all right. So let's move on to the second part. Okay. Um, which is the, the main part of the podcast, which is I really want to do this. I'm interested in what makes pe- people do what they do. And I'm interested in, in the, I call it the fire, but like the initial uh, moment when they decide something they really want to do because that's once you listen to this that voice and for whatever reason you decide i really want to do this mm-hmm. whatever it is you know losing weight traveling overseas learn language play guitar what is it i want to understand this 
And how do you make it happen? Because this is what makes us happy. It doesn't matter what it is. If you mm-hmm. follow what you really want to. Okay, so do you have a, I really want to do this moment you can share with us? Um, yeah, so, and I'm going to bring it back to paddling. I mean, my whole life seems to center around that, which is fine, I guess. But um, in 2005, I had a, a pretty bad uh, injury and I had a major thoracic surgery, was in the hospital for, for 60 days. I, oh. uh, I lost 40 pounds. I lost the, uh, the bottom quarter of my left lung. Uh, had the nerve to my left latissimus dorsi severed, um, uh, dislocated several ribs in my chest. Uh, I couldn't walk. I couldn't lift my arm over my head. And being in the hospital for 60 days, you know, there was there was talk of them removing my esophagus and wow. never eating properly again. And and you know, there were some dark times there. And and uh, at one point towards the end of my hospitalization, when I was you know, still having trouble getting out of bed, I, I, I said to myself, I want to be able to paddle again, mm. but I really want to be able to, I want to do Molokai again. I want to do the Molokai crossing again in my life. And I wasn't really sure if I could do it. And, you know, I was talking to my doctor and, and I'm like, you know, am I going to be able to do this again? And he's like, let's see if we can get you out of the hospital first. You yeah. Know, it was like, he didn't give me the, the words of encouragement that I was looking for. He didn't say absolutely. He said, Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was some fear that it would, I would. Yeah. yeah. He wanted to be realistic. So for those who don't know, the Molokai Hoe is the race between the Island of Molokai to Oahu to arriving in the, in the town of, of, uh, of Honolulu and the beach of Waikiki, mm-hmm. but it's crossing the channel on a six man canoe. And you had done that before, but at the, highest level yes yes i mean i i we we had we'd finished in the top 22 at one point i mean we were we were doing pretty well so at at this point you know i, I realized i for me to be happy i needed to paddle again and i knew yeah. i would probably be able to do you know putter around a boat but i said to myself okay I, i'm at my lowest of lows right now i want to paddle the molokai channel again mm-hmm. i want to get across that channel and I don't want to just do it poorly. I want to do it as well as I can. Um, and you know, it was it was rough. It was rough. I, I made the decision, and then you know, there were some pretty big hurdles. You know, I got home. I couldn't walk. I still wasn't eating. Um, and you know, one of the biggest hurdles I think to me was believing that I could do it. Yeah. You know, there. You know, I mean. You know, you, you, you can't walk down the street, even a block, and saying that you're going to do something that requires an incredible amount of training, an incredible amount yeah. of practice, an incredible amount of effort. So at that point, you know, the, the biggest hurdle was belief. And once I get once I got past the, that hurdle, once I realized I, I can do this, even though, you know, I wasn't, I, be, I believed I could do it, but I knew it was going to be so incredibly difficult so, so tell me more about this did you did you was it like a reaction of that doctor saying i don't know if you can even do it like was it like i'm going to show them or it was like it was a I'm combination gonna... of you know showing the doctor and just for myself 
Mm. You know, for my family, for my friends, like I needed, I needed to come back and I needed, I needed a goal. Yeah. I needed something to, to motivate me out of, you know, the dark place I was, you know, where, you know, I'd been, you know, the, the day the injury happened, I had probably been at, you know, the apex of my paddling career. I was, mm. you know, paddling 40 miles a week. I was, you know, cross training. I was feeling great in my life to, you know, have needing help getting out of bed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just needed to prove it to myself to, to be the, the example for my kids. You know, at that point, my kids were very small and, and I wanted them to see that, you know, you know, you can do what you want to do yeah. if you, if, if you try. And, you know, there, the commitment was there, you know, and, and I, 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 did everything I needed to do, you know, and it was hard. It was, uh, it was hard work. Uh, you know, you have to accept the setbacks of, you know, yeah, I mean, you, you know, as well, there are mm-hmm. setbacks, things happen, yep. you know, life happens, injuries happen. So um, at that point, I decided I was going to do it. I overcame that hurdle of belief and said, I'm going to do it. And, and I, I mean, I put, I put everything, it took two years for me to get to the point where I could do it. And, uh, you know, so that decision, did you talk to your, your wife about it? Like saying, did you have her be on, on part? Like, this is what I need to do. Will you support me? Or did you just decide? Absolutely. I mean, and when I first said it, she, she was a little surprised. I, you know, because I, I think, you know, she'd seen me, you know, get down to, I think I was 128 pounds when I was. Oh, what? Yeah. You yeah. lost all the muscle mass, all. Uh, I was, I was, like I said, I, I, I needed help getting out of bed, you know, and I said, I'm going to do Molokai. And she kind of was like, okay, okay. Um, you know, and she was there for me. I remember the, it was six months to the day after I um, had my, big, big surgery. And, uh, they had cleared me to, to get in a canoe, the one man. So my wife drove me down to our, our canoe site at the time. And, you know, I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to go for a paddle. And she's like, okay, I'm going to wait for you. Mm. And I said, okay, great. And, uh, then I realized I I couldn't carry my one man to the water by myself. Mm. So, you know, I mean, I've been doing this my whole life and, here it is, you know, my 110 pound wife had to help me carry my one man to the, to the water the first time. And I sat down in the boat, you know, and she's just, you know, with her feet in the water, watching me paddle off. And I think I paddled 200 yards Hmm. and then I had to stop and I had to slowly turn around and come back. And she had to help me carry the boat out. And I, I remember saying, okay, first paddle done. Yeah. I'm going to do this. And, you know, she, I, 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 I haven't asked her and I probably should, you know, did she think I could do it at that point? Cause yeah. I, I would imagine she probably didn't think I could, you know, I mean, she loves me. She knows that I'm committed to stuff, but it was, it was a, it was a slow, slow, slow paddle, not very far. And, uh, but you know, it was the first step. Every journey begins with the first yeah. step. And- so did you agree to say, okay, well, this is how I am. I'm 120. Okay, if I were in your shoes, I'd say, okay, I need to go back to at least 170 pounds. I'm going to gain weight, gain strength, but baby steps. What was your strategy? Did you give yourself a, a timeline? Uh, I, you know, uh, I, I didn't give myself a timeline because I really had no idea how long it was going to take. I mean, it took me a, you know, I, I 
because I hadn't eaten in four months, you know, any food by mouth, even gaining weight was so difficult. I could only eat the smallest amount of food at a time. My stomach had shrunk so small, but I just basically said every day, I'm going to do something every day. I'm going to do something. I'm going to eat more. I'm going to, you know, and I, and I, you know, I embraced everything, meditation, yoga, acupuncture. Mm. And one of the things that, you know, I, I, I like to tell, you know, new paddlers and, and, you know, in this situation, accepting help, you know, yeah. my, my, my friends who paddled, you know, after that, you know, once I got up to, you know, more than 200 yards, you know, my, my other friends would come down, they'd help me get my boat in the water. Mm. They'd put me in the six man in seat five and let me just kind of paddle slowly and you know they would do their their workout and i would be back there you know Mm. barely pulling water and and uh you know that 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 getting over that ego where you know you're willing to accept help from others to get back to where you want to go um was huge and then you know it took i think eight months later i went to hawaii and i did a one-man race um i did terrible terrible (laughs) but i did it i finished it yeah. Um, and then uh, two years later, 2007, I uh, joined uh, Team Easy Living and we finished uh, right in the middle of the pack of, of the, the race. And, and I was, you know, I, I don't think anybody knew, but, you know, after the race, you know, you get your lays and you drink your beer and you're eating yeah. food. And I went behind a tent and sat down and cried my eyes out. Yeah. Joy, you know, because I'm it. like, I did it. I did it. Yeah. And I actually sent a, an email to the doctor, uh, mm. my surgeon who was great, you know, that, you know, I, I sent him a, an email and a photo saying, you know, thank you so much for saving my life, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just want you to know, I just completed the 41 mile Molokai to Oahu outrigger canoe crossing. And I mean, he was thrilled, thrilled, but uh, you know, it's, it's that, that whole thing of, you know, accepting help, belief, commitment, um, accepting setbacks and, yeah. you know, believing in yourself, you know, I mean, that, that is, goes a long way goes mm. a long way you know fantastic i i was at a very low point one time mm. that was after my divorce yeah and i remember while i was looking at my crossing a little bit like my uh, rowing across the pacific and that was my line of uh, sight mm-hmm. that having that goal helped me getting out of the hole like like yours yeah uh, but i remember saying at the beginning three years from now I'm going to be proud of the journey that I did getting myself out of the hole. Whatever happens three years from now, I'll be proud of myself. Tell me more about how did you feel? Like, did you feel accomplished? Like I can do anything now or like, yeah, this is, this is what, you know, it's all about. It's about having a goal and doing it. Like you feel proud of yourself, you know, like, well, I can do anything. (laughs) Absolutely. And it it was, it was, you know, the accomplishment of crossing the channel is always amazing. I mean, just doing that, whether you've been injured or not, yes. is always an amazing. It's, yeah. a, you know, it's one of those things where you, you finish and you, you feel like you can do anything. But for me, it was, it was more, more uh, illustrative of the fact that, you know, my ability to do things and, and looking at my friends, when, when you told me that you were going to row across the, the ocean by yourself, mm. I didn't doubt you, mm. you know, because I know that if you have a goal, if you have 
uh, a plan, a goal, people to help you. Hmm. We can, we as people can achieve just about anything, you know, yeah. just about anything. And, and for me, I mean, it, it, the finishing the crossing after this injury just gave me that confidence to realize that, you know, our limits are minimal. Our limits are minimal. We can do whatever we want to do. We just need to accept the difficulties that, you know, that come along with it. You know, yes. just because something's hard doesn't make it impossible. Right. Just because so, something's hard doesn't make it impossible. Let me, let me throw a curveball. Yeah. I think we're learned. We improve usually through hardships, our personalities. Absolutely. And you've told me about your childhood. You told me about that hardship. Mm -hmm. Like if it was to be done all over again. Yeah. Uh, would you go through that, that hardship again, or obviously, I mean, one would prefer not to, but I think that, I think hardships make you stronger and better. Yeah. I would go through all of it again. Hmm. I, would, I mean, obviously I wouldn't want to have this injury. I wouldn't want to be in the hospital. wouldn't have, wouldn't have that, but, but I don't, I, I regret nothing. I regret nothing. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, I don't know who said it, but someone said it. It's it's better to regret having done something than to regret having done nothing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, yeah. I, no, I would do it all again. I would do it. You know, I I I am who I am. I like who I am. And uh, you know, the 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 things that make you who you are are important, whether they're good, yeah. bad, or indifferent. You know. Um, yeah, it's a great. You know, now that you've had that experience, I, I think it gives you the. Uh, the wiseness to now you can go if you see somebody struggling in the same same hole mm -hmm. go there and say you know i've been through this and i trust that you can and then kind of help you know we could use that, our experience to help other people around us and, and that's what you do i know on 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 your coaching ability and and, and your life uh yeah yeah i mean absolutely i, I remember uh, you know i before i was doing what i do now i was a, a physical therapist in a hospital in an acute care setting And uh, after I got back to work after this injury, I was helping a, a patient get out of bed. And, and he said to me, you know, you don't know what it's like to have a chest tube. This is so hard. And <laughs> yeah. I lifted up my shirt and I said, you know, I, at one point I had five chest tubes. <laughs> I do know. And yeah. he looked at me and, and he said, wait, really? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. And yes, it is hard. But getting up and taking that first step, I mean it's, it's the beginning of the journey. And, and, you know, the, you know, you asked, you know, how I felt after, after completing the channel after this, you know, completing the channel and getting it done was, was amazing. But in retrospect, the journey was amazing. Mm -hmm. The journey to get there, to, to, you know, gain the weight and, and get back in shape and be able to paddle with my friends and, you know, be able to pick my kids up again you know, and wow. throw the yeah. ball and, and all those things that, that journey itself, I think is part of what, what helps you grow. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So that was 2005 took you 2008. You said the crossing was 2007, 2007. Yeah. 2007. Okay. So it's been 12, 14 years. Have you had a, other i really wanted these moments or one that you're looking forward to um i mean i, I think i have lots of them 
<laughs> yes. I think I'm awesome. And some of them I'm still working on. You know, I wanted to learn how to surf ski. So I learned how to surf ski. And it, you know, yeah. I mean, you 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 surf ski, it's <laughs> it's it's a it's a steep learning curve. Yeah. Put a lot of time upside down in the water. But you know, you uh, I think some of those those the the my early journeys have made it so that things that at one point seemed very difficult are 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 while still as difficult. Uh, uh, I'm willing to take the challenge, you know, mm. I'm willing to take the channel, a challenge, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I want to learn how to kite surf. I want to, I want to do some races in the surf ski. There, there's things I want to do, but, you know, right now I'm, I'm focusing on, you know, still paddling, still coaching. I'm focusing on my, my kids and my family Yes, and what they want to do, you know, they, right. You know, I was going to tell you that one of the, my drawbacks is I'm, I'm a little bit selfish, I guess. And I'm fired up for, things I want to do, discover the world, feel life, feel adventure. But there's still quite a bit, you know, I guess, centered on, on me, I guess. It's one of my yeah. defects. But maybe when I turn my midlife crisis, maybe when I'm like 50 years old, I'll change. <laughs> I still love to inspire other people, but through my own adventures. And I think that's what you do is you got involved in other activities that were not self-centered, but they were altruistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I need to grow up. I need to be more with you. <laughs> well, that's a, you know, it, it takes all different kinds. You know, I mean, I've, if, if I've inspired you, great. You inspire me. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how we as a people just grow, my friend, you know? Yeah, yeah. At some point, I'll have to adult a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Listen, Josh, uh, this is awesome. Um, let's go to the conclusion. I don't want to take too much of your time, but um, the first question, there's three questions. Okay. Um, for the listeners. Okay, so the podcast is about feeling that fire, feeling that uh, willing to do something. If you had one advice to give them, one takeaway about one thing they should remember about making that thing happen, what would that be? I mean, I think... I think people need to believe in themselves. They really need to believe that, that, that the possibilities are limitless and mm. that, you know, if something is, if you want to do something and it's hard, that does that shouldn't be an impediment. Hard mm. does not mean impossible. If it's worthwhile doing, it should be hard and, and go after it, yeah. go after it. Even if you don't, even if you fail, it's the journey, go after it, yeah. you know, and more often than not, you won't fail. I think that's the, I think people are afraid of failure and, uh, you know, you know, taking, taking the leap and, and, and going after what you want to do. Yeah. Even if it's hard, do it. Baby steps. Let's go. Baby steps. Yeah. You know, 200, a 200 yard paddle leads to a 40 mile paddle. You'll get there, you know, or a oh, thousand mile paddle, you know? Oh, I started paddling 10 years ago and I remember the first time I, Uh, it took me in Tamal Pai. So we went out, you know, to put the newbie. I was sit number five. Yeah. For those who don't know the outrigger canoe is six person. They're six person. And right. we put the newbie number five. So they, because they just follow along. After five minutes, I was like, when do we stop? Like, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you just go along with, with the, oh, I really want to do this again, again. And then, and then, you know, push the limit a bit. Ah, question number two, the reveal of the song. I, 
I really like, yeah, there's these one songs that we go to that we love that puts us in a good mood. I think it should be mandatory to listen to it every day. But uh, I asked you to listen to it before the podcast because I believe that once you're in that mental happiness, then it goes, it comes through the podcast. Can you tell Absolutely. us what, what song you, you listen to? Absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. Fly Away. Wow. I love so, it. So, you know, and, and uh, you know, I remember listening to that in the hospital as well because, you know, I wanted to fly away, get away. I want to fly. And, and uh, that song, it's, it kind of pumps you up a little bit. It's, uh, it's a good pre-race song. Uh-huh. Yeah, check it out if you don't know it. But it's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put the link. There you go. There you go. Where, where can football uh, follow you if they, they inspired? They could see you on the water. They could see you. I mean, that's where you'll find me. I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> that's where you'll find me. I'll be either on my ski, one man, six man canoe. Um, you know, don't, don't follow me. Come next to me. You know, that's what uh, Yes. <laughs> well, I'll be in front of you. I'll compete so that you can see Absolutely. the back of my you head. You will be in front of me, young guy. I don't know. We'll see. I'm working, dude. I'm working. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to chase you. And the great thing is, whoever wins, I'll still give you a hug on the shore. Oh, you know? my God. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, listen, Josh, thank you so much for your time today and your wise words. Um, I want to spend more time with you. Uh, that's I love that energy of yours. Absolutely. I, I, so, love, I love being in the boat with you and I love chasing you on the ski too. So That's good. Well, call <laughs> me up and we'll go paddle together. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Josh. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm your host, Cyril. And remember, life is an adventure. Absolutely. Live it. Yeah, right on. <laughs>